Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning. It is 730 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene. We've got jobless claims at 8.30 this morning. That's the big economic indicator. Tomorrow, of course, Jobs Day. Everybody watching that. In the meantime, we are keeping on top of earnings, Alibaba. Fourth quarter revenue there beat analyst estimates. China's biggest e-commerce company selling more advertising. Sales up 39% to 24.2 billion yuan. That's $3.7 billion for those of you without a currency calculator in your hand. 23.2 was the forecast, so better than expected. They uh, were down on a per-share basis, though. Uh, the biggest buyer of soured real estate in Europe, that's Cerberus. This says that uh, they'll be disposing of non-performing loans from the region's banks and governments until at least 2021. Barclays sold about a fifth of its stake in Barclays Africa Group for about 13.1 billion rand. Again, a currency translation, $879 million. That was part of the plan to overhaul the British lender. They're uh, likely to sell off more of that company. Now let's check in with Michael Barr at the latest world and national headlines. Mike, thank you very much. Now that Donald Trump is the presumptive Republican presidential nominee, he'll have to win support from congressional Republicans. House Speaker Paul Ryan and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell have been critical of Trump's comments. Congressman Steve King, chair of the Republican Party Committee, has said, I've never seen a nominee pour out so many insults on other people as Donald Trump has. But now it's time to support the nominee. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is about to propose removing bank-imposed rules on customers who feel they have been wronged. The Bureau is announcing a proposal today to ban mandatory arbitration clauses, which would affect the entire financial industry and millions of accounts and mortgages. Currently, customers are required to take any disputes with a bank to a third-party mediator. Turkey's Prime Minister is said to be stepping down later this month. Prime Minister Ahmet Davutoglu lost a power struggle with Turkey's president that sent financial markets tumbling. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Mike Labar. Mike? Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stashauer, brought to you by Land Rover Parsippany. John? Thanks, Mike. It was looking like another night with quiet Yankee bats, but they finally woke up, scored some runs. Three in the sixth inning, four more in the eighth. They won 7 nothing at Baltimore to end a six-game losing streak. Jacoby Ellsbury got on base five times. Brian McCann drove home three. CC Sabathia, seven scoreless innings, his best start in three years. Yanks will start Masahiro Tanaka tonight. Without Alex Rodriguez, he's on the disabled list, injured hamstring, and Brett Gardner just hurt his elbow. Though x-rays were negative. Mets tonight in San Diego kicking off an 11-game road trip. They've won 10 of the last 12. 8 nothing over Atlanta. Hit four home runs, two by Lucas Duda to back Stephen Matz. Cleveland Cavaliers last night made 25 of 45. Three-point shots in a 123-98 route of Atlanta. 25 made threes, the most any team's had in any game, regular or postseason. Cavs lead the Series 2-zip. NHL, Pittsburgh's now up 3-1 on Washington. Caps could be headed for yet another playoff disappointment. They lost 3-2 in overtime. Penguins' third straight win in the series. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashallon. Thank you, John. Well, headlines out of Turkey. Prime Minister Davutoglu is 
holding a news conference now, says there will be an extraordinary party congress on May 27th, the AK party. He so far hasn't uh, said whether or not he's resigning. We're watching that. and uh, Well, now, there he goes. He says he won't stand for re-election, so he'll leave after the 22nd of May. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee, along with uh, Tom Keane, uh, repeating the headline that is just crossing. Prime Minister David Togo in Turkey says he will not stand for leadership at a new Congress on May 22nd, so he is out as forecast in a power struggle with uh, President Erdogan. We'll continue to follow the implications of that as the uh, morning goes on. Futures higher, S&P futures up by 7, 4 tenths of a percent. Dow futures up 55, 3 tenths in uh, Europe. The stock 600 up a point, about a quarter of a percentage point. Time now for the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, investing more than $110 million a year in applied research to solve problems and improve life. Learn more at storiesofinnovation.njit.edu. Here is Bob Moon. Michael, good morning. Here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Time to beef up Britain's broadband. BT is seeking to fend off criticism that it's done too little to upgrade the U.K.'s principal broadband network and is proposing to spend £6 billion, the equivalent of $8.7 billion, to bring faster connections to millions of addresses. The U.K.'s former telecom monopoly unveiled the plan today as it reported better-than-expected fourth-quarter profit, saying it hopes to make ultra-fast broadband and 4G mobile connections available to more than 95% of the country by 2020. It aims to reach 2 million homes and offices with direct fiber optic connections. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency was accused in a lawsuit of being almost 30 years late in issuing rules for the handling of wastewater from oil and gas exploration. Environmental groups asked for a court order compelling the EPA to adopt measures regulating disposal of the water and other resource development byproducts. They say the need has become more acute with the prevalence of fracking, which is increasingly being blamed for creating Earthquakes and sinkholes may come to mind when you think about whether fracking should be introduced into Florida. It's a state with a unique geology and hydrology that introduces a long list of environmental concerns. There's been at least one exploratory well in Florida using fracking, and over the past several months, a number of counties and cities in Florida have banned fracking over environmental concerns. That's this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Michael. Thank you very much, Bob Moon. Well, the uh, Turkish Prime Minister is giving up. Uh, Ahmet Davidoglu is stepping down, losing a power struggle with uh, President Erdogan in Turkey, says there will be an extraordinary meeting of their party, the AK party, on May 22nd, and he will not stand for re-election. That's having uh, quite the effect in the markets. Turkish lira now down uh, one and a half percent against the dollar to 0.91 for, uh, for the Turkish lira at the moment. Colin Henderson uh, is uh, with the Eurasia Group. He's the global markets research head. He used to be the standard chartered following currencies around the world. So uh, let's start there and ask you, uh, Colin, what does it mean for investors, uh, this power struggle in Turkey? How does it play out and, and what's it going to mean? Sure. Uh, well, the market's already uh, reacting uh, negatively to these developments. Uh, I think you have a combination of factors. You have the political backdrop where you have a perceived um, battle at the top in uh, Turkish politics. Uh, and uh, you also have a central bank that's run down its foreign exchange reserves that's flooding the domestic uh, market with uh, liquidity. 
you have on the plus side, you have high carry, which is important in, in you know, a negative rate world outside the United States. Uh, but carry is not enough, and eventually you will get carried out, and that's that's what's happening to investors right now. Uh, when you say carried out, is this just losses, or are we looking at something catastrophic possibly happening to um, uh, to, to the lira to uh, the Turkish stock market? I don't think catastrophic, but but certainly uh, you will have uh, a material market reaction uh, in a negative sense. Uh, because of well, the perceived loss of policy certainty, uh, policy credibility. Uh, and uh, as I said, in, investors have been in, uh, looking uh, at the emerging markets uh, over the past couple of months in Turkey, in South Africa, in Brazil, uh, because of the carry argument, uh, and that's, that's been absolutely critical, particularly at a time when China uh, has been stabilizing and China is critical for the whole EM universe. Uh, and now you have this political shock, which adds to the economic questions, the market questions as well. Uh, let me ask you a question I asked earlier, and, and, and I guess it goes more to Ian Brummer's territory, but I'll try it on you. Are there elements here of what we saw with Mr. Putin and Mr. Medvedev years ago, where Mr. Putin decided he was the top dog? Are we seeing that the same in Turkey? Uh, I, I mean, I think there are both similarities uh, and differences in the sense that, uh, you know, clearly uh, Mr. Erdogan is the top dog, as you said. Um, for, for markets, uh, the person who's, who's just obviously resigns, mm -hmm. yeah, he, uh, he, he was a source of comfort, of relief uh, to, to markets uh, that, uh, you know, policy orthodoxy would be followed uh, from, from an oh. economic perspective. And, and now he's gone. Right. Uh, and so there's, there's a greater contrast between those two than between Medvedev and Putin, I think. Um, just to get this thing quickly, and we'll come back, Helen Henderson, Euro-Lira, Euro-Lira is basically a linear function of weakness. When do you know that weakness is too weak for an, for an emerging market? They just get weaker and weaker and weaker, and then something breaks. What makes it break? Uh, well, I mean, as, uh, as your shot uh, shows, I mean, uh, you, you've had, you know, trend weakness uh, in lira, uh, and that's, that's uh, at a time o over months or over years when, when uh, the euro itself has been, has been weak. So that mm -hmm. shows you the degree of weakness in the, in, in the Turkish lira. I, I, I certainly think that this kind of political shock uh, can cause capitulation for those who've held on for some time. Okay, well, that's something to watch for. Caleb Anderson with us, with Eurasia Group. I just put out on Bloomberg Radio Plus, the, the, I did earlier the dollar lira. Here's the euro lira, 3.33 Turkish lira per euro. We can do that because we have the Bloomberg terminal. Michael McKee and Tom Keen, Bloomberg Surveillance. A lot going on in the world. We'll continue our conversation with Callum Henderson from the Eurasia Group. I know what he thinks about uh, other political developments. Is there a country having an election somewhere? Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Alibaba Group's fourth quarter revenue rising 39%, beating analyst estimates after China's biggest e-commerce company drew in more users and boosted services to merchants on its platforms. Merck up four tenths percent in early trading after reporting first quarter profit that topped analyst estimates as sales of recently introduced drugs posted solid gains. 
Oil advancing a second day after data showed that U.S. production fell the most in eight months, and Iran said it's ready to act with OPEC once it regains pre-sanctions market share. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. NYMEX crude oil is up 3.2 percent, up a dollar 40 to 45.18 a barrel. S&P E-mini futures up seven points. Dow E-mini futures up 52. Nasdaq E-mini futures up 15. The DAX in Germany is up a tenth of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down six thirty seconds. The yield 1.79. Comex gold up seven tenths percent or eight dollars seventy cents at twelve eighty three an ounce. The euro a dollar fourteen thirty one. The yen one oh seven point one eight. Also watching Weight Watchers is up thirteen percent this morning after posting a rebound in subscribers. A sign its high profile partnership with Oprah Winfrey is paying off. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thanks so much. Bloomberg surveillance this morning, much of my interactive brokers, traders university, even experienced traders need to keep learning. Traders University will well get you up to speed quickly with short videos, webinars, courses, and more. Visit ibkrb.com slash stay ahead. Mike, uh, maybe this is a picture of what's going to come from Secretary Clinton and from Mr. Trump. The Bloomberg headlines as Mr. Trump um, speaks on CNBC. I am the king of debt. I love debt. And then Mr. Trump says the U.S. debt situation is, quote, very, very fragile. And then he goes on to say something else about debt. It's like three different angles on debt in the space of two minutes, Well, which maybe that's where we're going in this election. The thing about uh, Mr. Trump is he has no policies that make sense. He's against debt, but he uh, he, does, he doesn't want to do anything to fix Social Security, he says, or uh, – uh, well, anyway, um, he says if he anybody quote, can find a a, con, a coherent policy, yeah, well, that's, that's my the world point. is waiting for that. I, I don't want to make a political statement here, but you know, part of our job is coherence here, like with Caitlin Henderson. And I'm just looking at three not consecutive but close to consecutive headlines from Mr. Trump that are as incoherent as anything I've seen in a zillion years. Mike, bring in Mr. Henderson. Well, uh, Kyle Henderson is Eurasia uh, Group's Global Markets Research Senior Vice President Coherence. Uh, Exactly. So what what is the political risk to markets from the United States election right now? Certainly one one risk that we highlighted uh, earlier this week, uh, in addition to the, the debt issue, uh, is the, the foreign exchange uh, policy. Uh, it's, it's been the conventional wisdom uh, ever since uh, Rubin that you know, a strong dollar is in the, is in the United States' interest. Uh, but for, for those who were either around, uh, as we all were, um, or um, who uh, have interest in history before that, uh, there have been periods when the U.S. had explicitly or implicitly weak uh, dollar policy. And if you look at uh, the 50% of the S&P that get hit by a strong uh, dollar, and also uh, U.S. exports uh, fading you know, Chinese uh, growth, uh, there is a risk, and that's what we wanted to put it out as, uh, not a certainty, but a risk that no matter who wins in November, uh, that you might have a fundamental change in uh, U.S. foreign exchange uh, policy. Um, as I said, a risk, not a certainty, but, uh, but markets are certainly not pricing that in at the moment. Is, uh, are markets pricing in the possibility that uh, the Republican uh, presumptive nominee could actually win? Uh, that, the, I think the honest answer is that's very hard to quantify. Uh, certainly, if you look at uh, U.S. assets, there are signs of uh, a rising risk premium. And we talked about this uh, earlier, which is that uh, implied volatility 
and also volatility mm-hmm. skew in a number of dollar exchange rates against the G7 is higher than it is against emerging markets. Where were you in the middle 90s? Where were you in 1998? Uh, 1998, um, I was in Asia, uh, in, in Hong Kong. Uh, 92 to 96, uh, I was in New York, which is uh, why I'm a diehard Yankees fan. Whoa, well, this is a tough year for you then. It is. Um, yeah, make him once a year. He can appear once a year. When, <laughs> when, you know. I hasten to add that we got swept at Fenway, so uh, I'm sure. You did, yes. Well. We did note that. We did, I went away in the Red Sox. You too. And Tom, and Tom, Tom is, is the Red Sox fan here, so you first place. Talk, uh, no, I know. I know. <laughs> but, but Callum, uh, seriously here, do you have elements here of 94 and 98? Because a lot of people say there's really not a comparison. I, I mean, there are similarities and differences, which uh, that clearly means that I should be an economist. Uh, but, but more seriously, uh, I, I think there are similarities to the first Clinton administration, where let's not forget that we went into that uh, with uh, the new administration promising freer trade, a level playing field, many of the same things that both candidates are highlighting uh, this, this time. That means... Uh, that U.S. exports uh, will see, be supported. And the implicit implication of that is uh, that uh, the U.S. dollar uh, will turn lower. Mm-hmm. And, and from our perspective, the U.S. dollar is already turning lower. Whether or not the Fed hikes once or twice uh, this year, this is a transition year. After that, uh, certainly my, my view is that uh, the U.S. dollar uh, trends lower from here. What's the risk to the economy uh, transition year, uh, people are, are beginning to talk more and more about at some point soon we see a contraction. I mean, well, obviously monetary policy has, has been ultra, ultra loose. Fiscal policy is turning into less uh, of a headwind than it was and not, not just in the, uh, in the United States. So both of those are supportive. Um, the equity markets, uh, it's not our job to give uh, stock uh, stock picks or stock views, but, but the equity market is supported by the lack of yield elsewhere. So that's, that's a fundamental uh, support uh, for, for the equity market, uh, which, is, which is important. But uh, another point which uh, Tom brought up earlier, which is declining productivity, which is effectively demi- uh, diminishing marginal return. Uh, and that, uh, that falls, if, if that continues to fall, then the yeah. underpinnings of the equity market are are undermined. And Mike, that gets back to the call of a lower terminal value for potential GDP. Well, at this point, you have to to uh, to say then, you know, is the U.S. a good place to invest? We are the haven, yes, but is uh, is it uh, time to find somewhere else? Well, it, it, it's not my phrase, but, um, but but I think the U.S. is the best horse in the glue factory. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, it's an ugly investment world, and it's a challenging investment world. Uh, but uh, in the absence of higher risk-adjusted returns, uh, the, uh, what, what you're seeing is people are staying at home. What's brilliant about this, and I, I just looked this up in the Bloomberg, folks, the, the, the amount of data we have uh, at our fingertips is shocking. I just assumed we're growing at 2%, and Singapore must be growing at 4%. But that's not the case. I mean, you're getting developed world statistics among some of these Asian nations. It is a different story than our childhood stereotype of the tiger economies. That, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, you, you've had a material slowdown in the emerging markets generally and, and Asia more specifically. Uh, so, you know, Singapore in particular, which is incredibly well managed, did very well uh, during the GFC, but is now mm-hmm. trending lower. Mike, did you know Taiwan 
three quarters in a row, year over year, negative GDP? I would have never guessed that. What's causing no. what's causing this this world uh, ennui? Well, I mean, you, you've you've also had a major change in the direction of trade, and and uh, there's a fabulous page on Bloomberg ECTR which uh, shows the uh, IMF direction of trade statistics. What you'll see there is that over the last 10 years, the whole of the emerging markets has been become dependent on China. Uh, so as China continues to slow. Uh, and as uh, the market continues to question the actual growth rates of uh, China. So despite the fact that the U.S. is doing better, which benefits the likes of, say, Mexico, uh, that doesn't do much for Taiwan or Hong Kong uh, or Korea because uh, they're all heavily leveraged to, to China's consumption. Tom, I just got to say, I, I had not seen ECTR, and this is the amazing thing. This commercial brought to you by Bloomberg. Uh, the amazing thing about the Bloomberg Terminal, that is a really cool page. Oh, it's a fantastic page. It, it, it shows a map, a sort of a circular map, and it shows the trade linkages and how much uh, we, we trade with each country. That is fabulous. Uh, really, really interesting. Tom, I'm sorry I interrupted you. We need to emphasize that, that the mass and scale of it is so big that, Mike, you and I collectively, we've been, what, 104 years at Bloomberg? Yeah. <laughs> and there's things that we find every day that are brand new. And we say good morning to all of Bloomberg LP programmers and particularly our analytics team, which thinks up gorgeous pictures of trade so that you can instantly look graphically and see what Singapore is doing with the United States of America. EC, what is it, Calum? Help me. ECTR? ECTR, which is the IMF Direction of Trade Statistics. There's also another great page, which is CPIS, which is uh, the IMF Coordinated Portfolio Investment Survey, which just extraordinary, extraordinary yeah. data to have that live. You should come back tomorrow. Like no, we should send him out with our sales department. Yeah. <laughs> You're hired. Mike, Mike Bloomberg's up looking inside our studio here at our global headquarters. We should point out that Mr. Bloomberg is the majority owner of Bloomberg LP and owner of this radio station as well. Kellen Anderson, thank you so much. Can we do a tag team with you and Ian Bremer together? Surely. We'd yeah. like to do that at some point. Kellum Anderson with Eurasia Group. Thanks so much. Future's up 11 earlier, up 7 now. Tomorrow, Jobs Day. We go beneath the headline data. James Glassman and Bill Gross, as always, the A-team in the 8 o'clock hour. Bloomberg Surveillance. Thanks, Tom.